0: Hello and welcome to the March 13th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome again. Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It's been a couple of days, but I am certainly happy to be back with my podcast audience. And before I even get started tonight, I wanted to uh, give kind of a shout out, I guess you could say, and it is somewhat of a—I don't want to call it a self-serving act because I've—I've uh, I've spoken about it before. So it really has nothing to do with the fact that I was on that particular podcast. But if you have not downloaded or listened to that B-word with uh, a beautiful bipolar host, Becky, she's got a great podcast out. And it's one of the podcasts that I happen to listen to that I've related to really well. And I think it's phenomenal that she's come up with a female perspective of bipolar disorder because there are so many... Uh, male bipolar podcasts out there although it seems to me like we only got about two going at the present time I have not uh, three actually Um, and that's about all between myself and two other gentlemen who seem to be podcasting on a regular basis to some extent Um, so having a female out there and doing this alongside of us is great so again that's my uh, the B word beautiful, uh, bipolar, borderline personality, and the host is Becky. She's got an amazing voice and an amazing way of going about things with her podcast. She actually interviews people. And the reason why I said, I hope this doesn't sound self-serving, is because she actually gave me the honor of asking me to be on that podcast. So we did an awesome interview the other night, and we actually did probably... A 65 or 68 minute uh, interview. So we were on her for a very long time and she cut a little bit out in the beginning and not because it wasn't worthy material between the two of us only because in the beginning I, I had my headphones in and I believe I was echoing a little bit on her end. So other than that first couple of minutes I mean the entire podcast represented her and I speaking and I I give a real summary for those of you who may be, uh, I don't know if the word is lazy, but disinterested in listening to all of my podcasts and concentrating on each one, one by one, I advise you to go to over to uh, our Mr. Bipolar Joe episode and give it a listen because in that hour I really summarize a lot of my life and a lot of what is on my podcast already so she gave me that opportunity and I think it's great her and I absolutely love what we do in terms of our podcasting and I just think it's wonderful Uh, you know as a matter of fact I had an old friend reach out to me the other day after I had emailed him and I had a quick email chat with bipolar Bob from the bipolar family podcast and we talked a little bit about our, our own recording techniques and what we do, and he kind of gave me some tips and tricks. And he finished the email by letting me know how proud of he was he was of me and how happy he was that I have found my outlet, so to speak, something that has keep kept me stable, and it truly has. So I have to thank all of you who are listening to me. I may not know you all personally, but it's it's it means the world to me that you actually hit that download button or subscribe or whatever you might do. It just it really means a lot to me because it, it allows me to speak my mind. You're helping me. The more you download these podcasts, the more I want to do them, and I look forward to them, and it helps me, so I appreciate that. Uh, Let's get this out of the way right now. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, I ask you to do that. And I normally am not going to make mention of this. I'm not going to be one of those advertisement-type podcasts. But I would like if you wouldn't mind subscribing to the podcast. I'm out there on just about everything now other than Google Play. haven't been able to get myself on there. But Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever, whatever floats your boat, You know, hit that subscribe button. If you can, give me a a review on one of those platforms. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I won't tell you to give me a five-star review unless you think it's worthy of a five-star review. And most importantly, more than anything, please continue to reach out to me. I've been getting, it's funny because I just mentioned to Becky how my emails have been far and few in between, and they've started to pour in as of late. So uh, I, I appreciate that. I want to hear from everybody, and I, I love your stories. None of you yet have given me the permission to share them. You're more or less just looking for advice, and I appreciate that. So I'll do the best that I can in terms of advising you. And uh, if you have a story to share, please reach out at MrJoeBP at Yahoo.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Joe. Simple as that. So let's shoot right into it tonight. We have to talk about bipolar and stress. Management, so to speak. And I'm doing this podcast, and uh, I'm doing it because I need everybody to understand that although I'm medicated, and although I am on a good run, so to speak, that does not mean that I am out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. And I want everybody to recognize that if you're feeling good, as I am, it doesn't mean you're out of the woods either. And nine times out of ten, the reasons why we get set back in life is mainly because of stress. Stress is, at least for me, and I would imagine for most of you as well, the number one trigger of a of an episode of some sort. For me, it happens to be mania, although there are definitely signs of depression that sink in as well. In uh, particularly, I felt it come on this Sunday, as a matter of fact, where I, I recall now walking around and telling my wife, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm going down a deep, dark road. I'm, I'm ready to call it in. I, I am, I'm telling you, my mental health is taking a turn for, it, for the worse, and I am scared. And that's amazing, because I was at 11 days of stability at the point in time where I started to feel the way I did in terms of those mixed episodes coming back on now here is the interesting thing the mixed episodes the depression the mania whatever you want to call it was brought on by one thing and one thing only and that is stress the second part of it is the fact or the inability Of Mr. Joe being able to handle that stress I am starting to realize that I have absolutely no way to handle stress and it's it's really starting to concern me you know my my, my way of handling stress in the past was to go smoke marijuana and I want to say something to everybody I want everybody to understand that I am not I am not judging anybody out there who might be using marijuana if you are using it to self-medicate medicate yourself, I don't want to say that I disagree with it. I just want you to be very careful and understand that it it doesn't work. So if it's working for you now, either you're not realizing that it's not working or it's going to stop working very soon. With that being said, if you feel that you're doing well and you have people around you that are also telling you that you're doing well and everything is going well in your life, then... By all means, smoke marijuana. Go for it. If you're drinking and you're not bipolar and you're not on medication and you're just possibly listening to this podcast as somebody who supports somebody with bipolar, go ahead and drink. Be my guest. I I mean, I used to drink everybody under the table. For me, it doesn't work. It doesn't agree with me. I can't drink. I haven't had a drink since 2005. I haven't smoked marijuana since um, January 1st of this year. Can't do it. Doesn't work for me. I advise those of you who have bipolar disorder, who are self medicating, to stop doing what you're doing and go see a doctor, in particular a psychiatrist, not your family practitioner, that doesn't work. And get on medication and, and you'll you'll actually be a heck of a lot happier. You'll be a heck of a lot happier and more stable than you could have ever imagined. So but with that being said, I didn't want to offend anybody. So if you if you're okay, you know, have a drink, have two smoke a joint, whatever whatever floats your boat. If you are in a, 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 unable to manage stress the way that I am, then you need to take a step back and figure out what you're doing wrong. Because again, 11 days of stability, and I know Mr. Joe oftentimes will share my, my past with you. Things that went on many, many years ago, um, or in some cases a few months ago. But in this case, I'm going to share something with you that just transpired over this weekend, which led me to feel the way that I felt. And I, I would think that anybody can, could understand where I'm coming from and would probably agree that it was a definitely a very stressful situation in the, in the long run, but how I managed it was just ridiculous. And, and what I also did to myself was even more absurd. So let's talk. take point, part A, okay? Part A, or part one, so to speak. I might have mentioned in one of my previous podcasts that I was searching for a new car, a new lease. And what I ended up finding out was that even with no money down and even with me, um, you know, with my overbearing ways that I am with the car dealers because I don't take their nonsense I don't go for it and I understand everybody's got to make money I get that so I am not putting down a car salesman and I am not going to sit here and badmouth somebody because of their profession it's just not fair for all I know I could have somebody that would has bipolar disorder that is uh, a car salesman but with that said I have met some that have been real pushy and real nasty and real overbearing and some that have been very kind and very very generous and very understanding and very patient and very fair. So when I get those kinds of salesmen, I respond in the exact same way. When I get one that's pushy and overbearing, I'm going to fight back. And with even my fighting back and all of my stuff that went on this past couple of days in terms of bu- trying to buy a car, what I re- realized that was even with the sweetest deal in the world, I cannot afford the down payment right now of taxes, titles, and fees. Just can't do it. On one particular car, uh, they were willing to give me a very good deal on a monthly lease, but the taxes, titles, and fees were about 2000 and I don't have that money to put down right now. Now, the reason why I was searching for a new vehicle is because I have six months to go on my lease, and oftentimes my car manufacturer, who is Nissan, I've been dealing with them since I'm 19 years old, they will take my cars back early, they'll put me in something new, and, uh, you know, go in that for two and a half years, and then we'll do the whole thing all over again, get a nice new car and call it a day. One of the reasons why... I am not waiting until September, or didn't want to wait till September with this car lease, is because I have a feeling my brakes are going on me. Okay, now, when I went for an oil change about three and a half months ago, I was told by the shop that I had about 30% left on my front brakes. So fast forward to three months later, and I start hearing noises on my brakes, and I'm saying to myself, Well, it must be about that time. And it got worse and worse, and I didn't like the way it sounded. And to be honest, everybody, uh, this is a lease. And I don't like putting money into things on a leased car. I had to do it for my wife already. She had an inspection, and she did not pass because her back brakes were so bad that right on the spot I had to do brakes. Got them done. Thank goodness I got a pretty reasonable deal right up the block in Mr. Joe's neighborhood, and I actually ended up finding a new mechanic because of all this. But I knew that something was terribly wrong with my car. At the same time, I could not put a down payment on a new vehicle. So I turned to Mr. Bipolar Joe's wife. This is now Friday night going into Saturday. That's it. We can't afford it. I have to go get brakes tomorrow. I hope you understand. I said, I need to be safe. I'm going to kill myself driving. Okay, now, bear in mind, it wasn't that bad, but I've already now exaggerated the situation, not because I want to lie to my wife, because this is what I'm now believing in my head, that if I drive for another two or three days, I'm going to crash because my brakes are so bad. So what do I tell my wife? I said, you know, not only are the brakes probably 10% now left, I said, but I hear something going on in the back. Something is not right. The car is shaking. So here I am making a formal diagnosis of my vehicle, and I can't sleep at night at all on Friday night. I think I got about two hours of sleep because all I did was toss and turn and think about the amount of money that I was going to spend on Saturday for new breaks. Um, And I actually woke my wife up out of a sleep, and I said to her, Mrs. Uh, Bipolar Joe's wife. I said, "Here's what's going to happen." I said, "I'm going to get front brakes. That's going to be a buck sixty, maybe more." I said, "Now I know what's going on in the back. It's the drums. It's the rear drums. Those cost about seventy dollars a piece. Add on all the label. I said, "Labor." I said, "I don't believe this." I said, "I am going to end up spending six hundred dollars on brakes." So that was it. I was up for the rest of the night. She said, you don't know that. How do you know that? I said, I know. I guarantee that I am going to spend $600 on breaks. So, uh, I mean, I was miserable. I didn't sleep. I was anxious. I was upset. I couldn't sleep. I, I couldn't do I couldn't eat. I was, a, I was an absolute disaster. Now, Saturday came and went, and we were going to look at one more car before I actually took the plunge and went to get my six hundred dollar break job but instead I ended up going to my in-laws and what I told my wife was not going to be a half hour job <laughs> I ended up being there for several hours hanging up pictures and doing some uh basic I guess you could call it handyman work for her mom and dad and unfortunately by the time it was all said and done it was about 6:30 at night Little Mickey was miserable. We had to get out of there. We ended up going to Applebee's to eat something quickly. He was even more miserable. And uh, we ended up stopping by for a a brief minute, which I actually think I recorded on my last podcast, which is when I really found out the overall price of taxes. Uh, We were only there for about an hour, but I got to tell you, just in that hour, I was completely stressed. The lights, the sounds, everything really got to me. And when I got that final, uh, you know, confirmation that the tax amount was going to be dreadfully high, I said, that's it. I said, we have to get new brakes. I'm going to die. I'm going to crash. You know, uh, you know me. I, I, I normally don't care about this stuff, but there is no way I'm making it for six months. So that's that. So now my, my plan was Sunday to go and get the brakes, but unfortunately there were two things that happened. First and foremost, the place was closed, so I had to wait until Monday. So you could only imagine the amount of stress, the amount of Google articles that I continued to read to diagnose car problems, making, you know, Googling what sounds I would hear and where it was coming from, and then looking at the parts that were potentially wrong, and then looking at the shopping quotes of, you know, what those parts would cost, mathematically adding it up just, just complete chaos in my brain. On top of that, what ended up happening on Saturday, now I know I'm on Sunday, but something else happened on Saturday that I didn't mention before that led into Sunday, but I had no real idea what was going on because Sunday was the big day that things started going down. Saturday morning, when my, one of my dogs, uh, I have Lacey and Harley, when Lacey woke up, she had to go out, she goes out every morning, she goes out, and she comes back in and runs back into bed, so I was actually on the computer, I was up, like I said, all night long, I've been up all weekend, basically, I think I've slept six hours in the past three days, so as I am up on the computer, I see Lacey come in, run past, go into the bedroom, about five minutes later, I finish up, and I go over to my wife, and I say to her, I say, um, You know, wow, she really scooted fast into there. And she goes, you know, she goes, uh, I heard her yelp outside. And I said, I didn't hear her yelp. I didn't hear anything. She goes, she was really yelping really loud. And I'm really worried that something might have happened to her out there. So, so I put, I put everybody on hold. And I thank goodness I remember my story because I don't remember much. Uh, little Little Mickey has been an absolute nightmare as of late. He's going to turn eleven months real soon, and I actually had to put you guys on pause because the screaming and crying was so out of control. Um, that's only added to the stress. I asked my wife if I can come up and you know record an episode of Mister Joe's Bipolar Podcast, and she's having a very difficult time getting him to bed without me. So. I will be wrapping this up rather quickly. Anyway, anyway, so Saturday came and went, and Lacey ran into the bedroom, and my wife reported to me that she heard her yelp. We didn't think anything of it. Um, we checked her. I looked around. Everything was fine. We even went for a walk later. On, we, now, fast forward to Sunday. We went on a walk. Uh, she seemed okay. But what, what did happen was Saturday night, after I recorded a podcast, up uh, my son jr's room I went down and my wife had reported to me that the dog threw up in bed and at this point i still had not even you know we were done we were over with the yelp i I had a couple of theories in my head i thought you know it's it's amazing because when when it rains it pours and when it's really hard to figure things out it's almost like life throws your curveball The dogs both got groomed the day prior, so I thought they were both bent out of shape. They don't enjoy doing that, really. They're very good when they go. But, you know, they got their hair cut short. I said, okay, maybe when, you know, she was doing a lot of licking and a lot of um, chewing at her skin because she just wasn't happy. It only lasts like a day or two, the misery. Then it goes away. So I said to myself, you know, I don't think she was bit by something. There's nothing on this dog's body. I don't see anything wrong. Um... But, uh, you know, maybe when she urinated, something burned her because of the haircut. Who knows? So, But by Saturday night, when I was told that the vomiting occurred, I had not even put two and two together and, and related it to anything that happened with the yelp. Sunday morning came, and we took the dogs for a walk. We went on a very long walk around Mr. Joe's neighborhood. She seemed to be fine, and when we returned to the backyard the dog threw up all over the patio and uh, now this was now the third time she had thrown up the night saturday night she threw up while i was doing my podcast she also threw up in the middle of the night while we were sleeping and then the next morning everything seemed fine we went on the walk and we got back and on the patio she threw up all her food from that day at this point now uh, you know now i'm thinking to myself well something is not right what did this dog eat what could have happened You know, I just didn't know. And uh, so here we are now, Sunday, and we're starting to see that she's becoming very lethargic. And now we're starting to put two and two together, okay? And I was saying, I wonder if something bit her. I wonder if she's having an allergic reaction. You know, we don't know. All we knew was that we said we were calling that vet on Monday if we were to have a bad Sunday night. Well, let me just tell you, That dog on Sunday night was so miserable, she threw up all night long. Uh, We were scared to death. Of course, again, Mr. Joe didn't sleep. And by the time we came around to Monday, I had, forget about the breaks now, okay? Now I'm very upset because my breaks are canceled, but now I have to care about a living Thing that is part of our family. So I put the brakes on hold and I say, one of us needs to go to the vet, vet now. We got to call and we got to get this dog in because something is wrong. And now, of course, in my mind, I'm, I'm dying inside because of, of the money that we're about to spend. I knew in my heart that I could not go to the vet. I chose to stay home with Mickey. Uh, I called in sick to work and I sent my wife off to the vet. And she gives me a call, and she says, "You know, listen. The, the doctor thinks that it's just, you know, uh, possibly just a little upset stomach. Nothing seems to be wrong." Uh, she gave her an anti-nausea shot, and we're going to come home. So she, uh, she brought me brought her home, and the the big thing here was the doctor said that this anti-nausea shot it was the cheapest route that we can go it ended up course the exam and everything cost hundred and thirty four dollars so now we're a buck thirty four in but the reason why the vet took this route road is because it was actually the cheapest way to figure out what was going on and the vet's instructions were very simple this is an anti-nausea shot it's one of the most powerful things in the world when it comes to nausea upset stomachs things of that nature this your dog should not throw up again and if she does then we have probably something more serious wrong it's probably not anything that's related to an upset stomach anything that she might have eaten so it's probably a much bigger problem so hours went by and everything seemed to be fine i went i got my breaks done and uh by the way let's finish off part one psychopath mr bipolar joe goes and he he walks into the uh, mechanic and here's where things get a little crazy i go in i give my sob story i I even told them about the lease and the taxes and how much it is and you know i got six months left and i and i and i just want to get the brakes done and blah 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 so i'm waiting and first the guy comes over and he says do you have the the key wrench for the ties i said i don't have that i said might be in the trunk so he finds it in the trunk so I'm waiting. He comes in again. He goes, "Hey, come take a walk with me." So now I'm saying to myself, "Any time you got to go take a walk with a mechanic, it's probably not going to be a good, good uh, thing." So now I'm scared to death, and I'm walking over to him. He starts to show me the brakes and underneath. He says, "Listen," he goes, "Your front brakes." He goes, "You got about eighty percent left." I said, "What?" He says, "Yeah, they're perfectly fine." He goes, oh, come over here. I want to show you something over here. And he t- takes me to the back, and he says, take a look at these. These are called drums. And I'm saying to myself, oh, God, I knew it. I knew it. I said, all right, but thank God in my head, I'm saying, I got away with the front brake. So there's $200 saved. So listen, these look like they're in really good condition too, but the problem is they need to be a little bit adjusted. That's why, you know, they're a little off. If I just balance them, if I clean them up, he said, you'll have much better stoppage in the front. The back won't be shaken all said and done, you know, you'll be on your way in about 20 minutes. So guys, the damage was, it wasn't $600, I'll tell you that. The damage was $37. $37. This is what I worried about. This is what I drove my wife crazy about. This is what I made up in my mind was going to happen, that I was going to be $600 in the hole, and I prepared myself for a $600 bill, and it cost $37 with tax and all. He charged me 40 He rotated the tires, even threw that in. And I was gone in 20 minutes now. So that, that's, what, that's what stress will do to you. I lost my mind. I lost sleep. I became depressed over nothing, and it cost me $37. Now, here's where things got a little more difficult. I guess it was a good thing that I prepped myself for the $600 loss because even though it was only 37 bucks, little did I know I was coming home to a dog who was going to start vomiting again. So now the whole theory that the nausea medication was going to work and you know everything was going to be fine and if she throws up again, which she shouldn't, I wouldn't worry about a thing. Well, she starts to vomit again and I said, we got to call the doctor. That's it. We got to call. got to see what she wants. She says, bring her in. So now I'm ready to cry <laughs> because I'm saying this is it. This is going to be a nightmare. So my wife brings her in, and here's the good news, guys. Uh, they, did a, they did multiple x-rays to see if there was some kind of intestinal blockage, and that came back okay. They ended up doing a blood test, and that came back okay. So all in all, the damage was a little over $600. Well, there's your breaks, Mr. Joe. <laughs> There's your breaks. There are your break expenses, okay, on a living thing that you have now tortured your wife while she's at the doctor's, okay? So forget about the breaks. Now I'm torturing my wife, and I'm saying, she's got a blockage. She's going to die, and I'm looking around at toys, and I'm saying, you you bought the dogs a rope? How could you buy them a rope? And now I'm Googling what ropes do. Ropes, they can get pulled apart. Dogs can swallow them. They could get wrapped around their intestines. They're going to drop dead. So now I'm fighting with my wife, and I'm blaming her. I'm blaming her. I've not, Forget about the yelp. Now I'm blaming my wife for her being irresponsible. And, you know, uh, all because I just can't. Deal and manage my own stress. Well, she called back. She said everything was clear. The damage was $600. I was told to give her Benadryl because it was possible that she did get bit and she was having an allergic reaction. Gave her Benadryl. She seemed to be a little bit better. Then, unfortunately, I gave her a second dose at night and I think I kind of messed up because she hadn't eaten all day. And once again, Mr. Joe had a very, very difficult night. Um, she ended up, the dog ended up not only just vomiting on two separate occasions during the night, three actually. She had diarrhea most of the night. Now, the good thing is by about 1 o'clock in the morning, everything was all said and done. Uh, it was amazing because to midnight was her last diarrhea run and she had thrown up two other times before that and on both occasions she went to throw up in the bed and i picked her up and put her on the ground and had her throw up on the floor it was a hardwood floor and i was able to clean it a lot easier than if it was to be on fabric this dog is so smart that at one o'clock in the morning instead of throwing up on the bed this little puppy she jumped down onto the floor and threw up on the floor because she had already learned what to do So. At 1 o'clock in the morning, I said, this is going to go on all night. I said, you know, she hasn't had diarrhea since midnight, but, you know, I'm only imagining that at 2, then the diarrhea is going to start. Well, it didn't. It didn't, and she actually made it through the night. She is nowhere near herself. I I, I beat Mm -hmm. myself up the next day for not doing what I wanted to do originally which was give her Benadryl because I thought, if anything, it's an allergic reaction. But let me tell you guys, had I have not gotten her to the vet, last night, if I didn't have a vet visit previous to last night that told me she had a clear intestinal path, no bowel blockage, nothing of that nature, where she didn't require surgery and I didn't think there was any... Uh, You know, I I found that there was no blood work problems. All night I would have been Googling and looking up what was wrong with this dog, when in retrospect now, when you just put in all her symptoms, it comes back that she's got an allergy to something. She's very sensitive. She always has been. And that's what it comes down to. She's doing very well. I wouldn't say well, but she is not thrown up all day. So the last time she threw up was 1 o'clock in the morning last night. She was able to hold down a little bit of food, uh, just a little bit of white rice and chicken, but she's still turning her face to most stuff. So I have to assume dogs are like humans in some sense. When they're, when they're feeling pretty crappy, you know, it takes it took a lot out of her. So we have two beautiful animals. One is a Cavachon. That's what Lacey is, and she's having a rough go. Um, it's taken a lot out of her. And the other one is called a beachapoo. They're both designer dogs. They don't shed. They're beautiful. They cost me a pretty penny. And, um, you know, they also add to my stress <laughs> with the going out and the coming in and the wiping the paws when it's raining and snowing. And it's, it's guys, it's the littlest things that throw us for a loop. And I wish I knew how to handle it better. I wish I did Here's the most amazing thing of all. Forget about all the premeditating of problems and the inability to manage stress and all that stuff. Well, like I said before, I, I used the word mania. Now that I think of it, I was not manic at all. Because of all this, it sent me into a day-long depression and which I could not recover. And I told my wife that I was going to end up back into a hospital. That's, those are the words that came out of my mouth. I said, that's it. My mental health is taking a turn for the worse. I've only slept six hours in three days. With people with bipolar disorder, they need to sleep. You don't understand. Meanwhile, she's not hardly sleeping either. But, you know, Mr. Joe's only worried about him. Because that's what happens when you're ready to fall deep back into a mood and I was completely and utterly depressed over all of this stuff. As the news started to get better, my stress level began to improve, and I started to become happy again. And I could say that other than this little minor setback that was all caused because of stress and my inability to manage it, Mr. Joe has resumed his stability. <laughs> let's, let's call it that. So last Friday, we got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That is, oh uh, my God, I, I lost counts already. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine, ten. It was about ten days, now that I think about it. Ten days of stability. Got to take away Sunday and Monday, because that's when things started to go downhill. So you know what? What I'll do is I'll start a new count up. That's what I'll do. I'll start counting again, and we'll see if we can get back into the swing of things and call this day one of stability, call it a minor setback. But somehow, some way, when things like this happen again, I have to learn how to manage it appropriately. I have to. I, I, I want to keep stable. I want to keep in my right state of mind because things are going to happen. Things are going to get bad again. What do we do to make sure that we don't fall into one of our moods? I don't really know. But we got to figure it out somehow. Thank you for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. This was Bipolar and Stress Management. Have a great day, everybody, and thanks again for listening. I've been trying to do it right. I've been living a lonely life I've been sleeping here instead I've been sleeping in my bed